Welcome to the Sunday Poems. I'm Ken Hader. Thank you for joining me today. Episode number 190. Today I want to read poems by Robinson Jeffers. Jeffers has uh, been an interesting poet to me through my career and influential. Uh, someone I think who overall probably does not receive the acclaim that he deserves. Uh, though at times he was very prominent in the consciousness of America. Um, that acclaim waned at times with the assertion of eco-poetics and eco-criticism he is being referred to quite a bit in certain circles and I think that his value there is is unmistakable but I think it goes beyond that because of his philosophy which he called inhumanism which he explained was quote a shifting of emphasis from man to not man the rejection of human solipsism and recognition of the transhuman magnificence. It offers a reasonable detachment as a rule of conduct instead of love, hate, and envy. Uh, Jefferson, Jeffers excuse me, is um, um, writing most of his poetry from his perch on Carmel, California, the coast of the, of the Pacific. And um, there's a certain, uh, certain magnificence to him, a certain honesty, which is both secular and harsh. Perhaps that's the power of eco-poetics, is that when we acknowledge the beauty and the truth of the non-human existence, uh, ironically, it helps make us better humans, perhaps. I'd like to believe that anyway. The Beauty of Things To feel and speak the astonishing beauty of things Earth, stone and water, beast, man and woman, sun, moon and stars The bloodshot beauty of human nature, its thoughts, frenzies and passions And unhuman nature, its towering reality For man's half-dream, man, you might say, is nature dreaming but rock and water and sky are constant. To feel greatly and understand greatly and express greatly the natural beauty is the sole business of poetry. The rest's diversion, those holy or noble sentiments, the intricate ideas, the love, lust, longing, reasons, but not the reason. Animals. At dawn, a knot of sea lions lies off the shore in the slow swell between the rock and the cliff, sharp flippers lifted or great-eyed heads as they roll in the sea bigger than draft horses and barking like dogs their all-night song. It makes me wonder a little that life near kin to human, intelligent, hot-blooded, idle, and singing can float at ease in the ice-cold midwinter water. Then yellow dawn colors the south. I think about the rapid and furious lives in the sun. They have little to do with ours. They have nothing to do with oxygen and salted water. They would look monstrous if we could see them. The beautiful, passionate bodies of living flame, bat-like flapping and screaming, tortured with burning lust and acute awareness. 
that ride the storm tides of the great fire globe. They are animals as we are. There are many other chemistries of animal life beside the slow oxidation of carbohydrates and amino acids. The World's Wonders Being now three or four years more than sixty, I have seen strange things in my time. I have seen a merman standing waist-deep in the ocean off my rock shore, unmistakably human and unmistakably a sea beast. He submerged and never came up again while we stood watching. I do not know what he was, and I have no theory, but this was the least of wonders. I have seen the United States grow up the strongest and wealthiest of nations and swim in the wind over bankruptcy. I have seen Europe for 2,500 years, the crown of the world, become its beggar and cripple. I have seen my people fooled by ambitious men and a froth of sentiment waste themselves on three wars. None was required, all futile, all grandly victorious. A fourth is forming. I have seen the invention of human flight, a chief desire of man's dreaming heart for 10,000 years, and men have made it the chief of means of massacre. I have seen the far stars weighed and their distance measured, and the powers that make the atom put into service. For what? To kill. To kill half a million flies. Men, I should say at one slap. I have also seen doom. You can stand up and struggle or lie down and sleep. You are doomed as Oedipus. A man and a civilization grow old, grow fatally, as we say, ill. Courage and the will are bystanders. It is easy to know the beauty of inhuman things, sea, storm, and mountain. It is their soul and their meaning. Humanity has its lesser beauty, impure and painful. We have to harden our hearts to bear it. I have hardened my heart only a little. I have learned that happiness is important, but pain gives importance. The use of tragedy. Lear becomes as tall as a storm he crawls in, and a tortured Jew became God. These poems were uh, published in 1951, and I think that we can, uh, with just a little imagination, upgrade them to uh, the 21st century and all the history that has occurred since 1951. Make his words no less acute than they were in 51. Here's a poem, Time of Disturbance. The best is, in war or faction or ordinary vindictive life, not to take sides. Leave it for children and the emotional rabble of the streets to back their horse or support a brawler. But if you are forced into it, remember that good and evil are as common as air, and like air shared by the panting belligerents. The moral indignation that horsens orators is mostly a fool. Hold your nose and compromise. Keep a cold mind. Fight needs, fight if needs must. Hate no one. Do as God does, 
or the tragic poets. They crushed their man without hating him, their Lear or Hitler, and often save without love. As for these quarrels, they are like the moon, recurrent and fantastic. They have their beauty, but night is better. It is better to be silent than to make a noise. It is better to strike dead than to strike often. It is better not to strike. The Old Stonemason Stones that rolled in the sea for a thousand years have climbed the cliff and stand stiff-ranked in the house walls. Hurricane may spit his lungs out. They'll not be moved. They have become conservative. They remember the endless treacheries of ever-sliding water and slimy ambushes along the shore. They'll never again give themselves to the tides and the dreams, the popular drift, the whirlpool progress, but stand steady on their hill at bay. Yes, but unbroken. I have much in common with these old rockheads, old comrades. I too have escaped and stand. I have shared in my time the human illusions, the muddy foolishness and craving passions, but something 30 years ago pulled me out of the tide wash. I must not even pretend to be one of the people. I must stand here alone with open eyes in the clear air growing old, watching with interest and only a little nausea the cheating shepherds. This time of the demagogues and the docile people, the shifts of power and pitiless general wars that prepare the fall, but also the enormous unhuman beauty of things, rock, sea, and stars, foolproof and permanent, the birds like yaks in the air or beating like hearts along the water, the flares of sunset, the peaks of Point Lobos. And here at night the huge waves, my drunken quarrymen climbing the cliff, hewing out more stones for me to make my house. The old granite stones, those are my people. Hard heads and stiff wits, but faithful. Not fools, not chatterers. And the place where they stand today, they will stand also tomorrow. To death. I think of you as a great king, cold and austere. The throne is not gold but iron. The stones of the high hall are black basalt blocks, and the pavement also with blood in the corners. Yet you are merciful. It is for you we labor, and after a time you give us eternal peace. I think of you as a mean little servant, but steward of the estate pale and a hunchback, shuffling along the corridors, tapping at every door. You have the keys of the treasury. You are the arbiter of the games and bestower of prizes. For you, the young men sweat and the boys play battle for your award, their hot young lives. What can they win with their lives, whether they bide at home or bleed on the capes of Asia, or add columns of figures, or the fates of Europe, but eternal peace.
You sit and watch men fighting, and to you they come. You watch the victors go home, and to you they come. You have a sister named Life, an opulent, treacherous woman, blonde and a harlot, a great promiser, and very cruel, too. Even the meanest minds, after some time, understand her tricks and her guile. You have a cousin named Christ, to whom men turn, but presently all to you, to you the conquerors and to you the pale saints, the lions of the desert and the sky-swimming eagles flock to your feet. Athens and Rome turn to adore you, and America will no doubt of that. We are intelligent too. We shall turn and bow down our heads. Well, as you can tell by these few poems I've read, there's a mythic quality that Jeffers creates. <clears throat> His allusions to America and to Europe and to Asia and other places and his tribute to the ultimate battle, that of human mortality, is in fact timeless and it still speaks. Robinson Jeffers Thank you for joining me today. If you're interested in my work, look at kenhated.org. I'm Ken Hated with the Sunday Poems.